applying what you have learned. At the 14th session of my course, I have often heard with pleasure students tell how they use the techniques in their everyday lives. Salesmen point to increased sales, managers to promotions, executives to a widened span of control, all due to the increased skill with which they gave instructions and solved problems using the tools of effective speech. As Anne Richard Diller wrote in today's speech, Talk, the type of talk, the amount of talk, and the atmosphere for such talk can act as the very lifeblood of an industrial communication system. Our Fred Kennedy, in charge of the General Motors' Dale Carnegie course in effective leadership, wrote in the same magazine, One of the basic reasons we at General Motors are interested in speech training is our recognition that every supervisor is a teacher to a greater or lesser degree, from the time he interviews a prospective employee through the orientation phase of early employment, on through regular assignment and possible promotion, a supervisor is continually called upon to explain, describe, reprimand, inform, instruct, review, and discuss myriads of subjects with each person in his department. As we proceed up the ladder of oral communication to those areas that come closet to public speaking, discussions, decision-making, problem-solving, and policy-formulating conferences, we see again how the skills of effective speaking as taught can be transferred to everyday speech activities. The rules for effective speaking before groups are directly applicable to conference participation and conference leadership. Organization of the idea to be presented, the choice of the right words to launch it, the earnestness and enthusiasm used in delivering it are elements and that will guarantee the idea's life in the final stage of solution. All these elements have been thoroughly discussed in those chapters. It remains for the reader and listener to apply what he has learned in every conference in which he participates. Perhaps you were wondering when to begin applying the principles learned in the previous episodes. You may be surprised if I answer that query by one word. Immediately. Even though you are not planning to make a speech in public for some time, if at all, I am certain you will find that the principles and techniques taught are applicable every day. When I say start using these techniques, now, I mean in the very next speaking situation in which you find yourself. If you analyze the speaking that you do every day, you will be amazed by the similarity of purpose between your daily speaking and the type of formal communication discussed previously. Before, you were urged to keep in mind one of four general purposes when you speak before groups. You may want to give them information, entertain them, Convince them that your position is right or persuade them to take action of some kind. In public speaking, we try to keep these purposes distinct, both as to the content of the talk and the manner of our delivery. In daily speaking, these purposes are fluid, merging with one another and constantly changing through the course of the day. At one moment, we may be indulging in friendly chit-chat and then suddenly we may be using speech to sell a product or persuade a child to put his spending money in the bank. By applying the techniques described to everyday conversation, 
we can make ourselves more effective, get our ideas across more efficiently, and motivate others with skill and fact. Use specific detail in everyday conversation. Take just one of these techniques, for instance. Remember in the previous episode, I appeal to you to put detail in your talk. In that way, you make your ideas come alive in a vivid and graphic way. Of course, I was thinking mainly of speaking before groups, but isn't the use of detail just as important in everyday conversation? Just think for a moment of the really interesting conversationalists of your acquaintance. Aren't they the ones who fill their talk with colorful, dramatic details, who have the ability to use picturesque speech? Before you can begin to develop your conversational skills, you must have confidence. So almost all of that was said in the first three episodes that are useful in giving you the security to mix with others and to voice your opinions in an informal social group. Once you are eager to express your ideas even on a limited scale, you will begin to search your experience for material that can be converted to conversation. Here, a wonderful thing happens. Your horizons begin to expand and you see your life take on new meaning. Housewives whose interests may have become somewhat restricted have been most enthusiastic in reporting what happens when they begin to apply their knowledge of speaking techniques to small conversation groups. I realized that my newly found confidence gave me courage to speak up at social functions, Mrs. R.D. Hart told her classmates in Cincinnati. And I began taking an interest in current events. Instead of withdrawing from the give and take of the group, I eagerly enjoyed it. Not only that, but everything I did became grist for the conversational meal and I found myself becoming interested in a host of new activities. To an educator, there is nothing new in Mrs. Hart's grateful report. Once the drive to learn and to apply what has been learned is stimulated, it starts a whole train of action and interaction that vivifies the entire personality. A cycle of achievement is set up, and, like Mrs. Hart, one gets the feeling of fulfillment, all through putting into practice just one of the principles taught in this episode. So few of us are professional teachers, all of us use speech to inform others on many occasions during the day, as parents instructing our children, as neighbors explaining a new method of pruning roses, as tourists exchanging ideas on the best route to follow. We constantly find ourselves in conversational situations that require clarity and coherence of thought, vitality and vigor of expression. What was said in the previous chapter in relation to the talk to inform is applicable in these situations as well. Use effective speaking techniques in your job. Now, we enter the area of the communicative process as it affects our jobs as salesmen, managers, clerks, department heads, group leaders, teachers, ministers, nurses, executives, 
doctors, lawyers, accountants, and engineers. We are all charged with the responsibility of explaining specialized areas of knowledge and giving professional instructions. Our ability to make these instructions in clear, concise language may often be the yardstick used by our superiors in judging our competence. How to think quickly and verbalize adroitly is a skill required and acquired in presenting speeches of information, but this skill is by no means limited to formal speaking. It can be used every day by every one of us. The need for clarity in business and professional speech today is highlighted by the recent spate of oral communications courses in industry, government, and professional organizations. Seek opportunities to speak in public. In addition to using the principles discussed in everyday speech, where incidentally you will reap the greatest rewards, you should seek every opportunity to speak in public. How do you do this? By joining a club where public speaking of some sort goes on. Don't just be an inactive member, a mere looker-on. Pitch in and help by doing committee work. Most of these jobs go begging. Get to be program chairman. That will give you an opportunity to interview good speakers in your community, and you certainly will be called upon to make speeches of introduction. As soon as possible, develop a 20 to 30 minute talk. Use the suggestions in this as a guide. Let your club or organization know that you are prepared to address them. Offer your services to a speaker's bureau in your town. Fundraising campaigns are looking for volunteers to speak for them. They provide you with a speaker's kit, which will be of great help in preparing your talk. Many speakers of consequence have begun in this way. Some of them have risen to great prominence. Take Sam Levinson, for example, the radio and TV star and speaker, whose services are sought all over the country. He was a high school teacher in New York. Just as a sideline, he began making short talks about what he knew best, his family, relatives, his students, and the unusual aspects of his job. These talks took fire, and he was soon asked to address so many groups it began to interfere with his teaching chores. But by this time, he was a guest on network programs, and it wasn't long before Sam Levinson transferred his talents entirely to the entertainment world.